Hello, podcast friend. How are you today? I hope this finds you well. You're listening to We Are The Church with Sherry Jones, and I am your host, author, inspirational speaker, and coach, Sherry Jones. I'm excited to chat with you about today's topic, the church and prayer principles. Prayer is such an integral part of the Christian faith. It is our opportunity for us to have a one-on-one conversation with God. How amazing is that, that we can commune with our Creator in such a way. But we want to make sure that we're making the most of the time that we spend with God in prayer. Today's guest, Pamela D. Smith, and I had a dynamic conversation about prayer. And she shared some great principles that will help us have an effective prayer life. You are going to learn a lot from this conversation. So go ahead, grab your tea, your coffee, your water, whatever you're drinking. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation. We're about to get started after a word from our sponsor. Hello, podcast friends. We are in for a treat today. I have Ms. Pamela D. Smith with me, and she is going to talk to us about prayer. As Christians, prayer is so important. It's something that we know we need in our daily lives, but do we pray enough? And when we pray, are we effective? with our prayers. Well, Pamela D. Smith is going to help us with that today. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, a wife, mother, and leading inspirational speaker, literary consultant, evangelist, and multi-published author. Y'all see, she does it all. Uh, She is an adherent member of the National Association of Christian Ministers and is a licensed and ordained minister. She is also a prayer warrior and powerhouse in everything that she does. Pamela is completely driven in pursuit to advance the lives of women and Christian authors globally. Not just her local assembly, y'all. She just said globally. And she lives in Arlington, Texas with her husband. Thank you for joining us with We Are the Church with Sherry Jones. Pamela, thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for allowing me to come on today. Such a blessing. Oh, you're most welcome. Well, I'm excited about this conversation because I know that it's going to be a blessing to our listeners. So we're going to go ahead and hop right in and talking about prayer. Um, we're all told to pray. Usually when we join the church or we become mm-hmm. saved, they lead us in the sinner's prayer. So we know that <laughs> prayer is the foundation of everything um, for a Christian. But tell us um, from your perspective, why is prayer so important to Christian living? It's important because it's how we develop, strengthen, and how we maintain our intimacy with God. And that intimate relationship with God is so important to Christian living because it's easy to get caught up in religion and routine, but prayer becoming our lifestyle because it is our lifeline 
It's so essential to Christian living because it helps us to have relationship. It's also important because it's how we receive revelation, it's how we receive direction, correction, and instruction for daily living as we listen to God doing prayer. That listening part is so important. And I think it's also important because we have biblical instruction in the Bible that says men ought to always pray. That is so true. I mean, you said, you said it all, but the intimate part that prayer is our chance to have a intimate relationship with Christ, that one-on-one relationship with Christ. And I love how you said um, that it gives us revelation, direction, and correction. We, We don't like that correction part. No, no, none of us do. <laughs> We're always looking for good things or for God to say something nice and sweet, but there will be times doing prayer where God is going to tell you, hey, you need to get this together right here. You know, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit will speak to you and put us in line. He'll mm-hmm. check us. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. And that's why the listening point that you said is so important because I think yes. a lot of times we go to prayer like I'm going to you know, tell God, I thank him. I'm going to tell him, you know, what I want. And then Mm -hmm. we get up and that's it. But we didn't take the time to listen for the answer. And then we say, well, God didn't answer my prayer. Well, were you listening for the answer? (laughs) Right, (laughs) right, (laughs) right. You just said what you had to say and you got on up and went on about your day. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. And it's how we grow. We actually grow through that correction because I know I myself, there have been times where I've prayed about situations with people mm-hmm. and I've gone in prayer and God, they did this and God, they've done that. And I thank God because I have learned to listen to him and I've heard him say, yeah, but you did this, you did this, you know, Mm -hmm. and this is how you could have done this or that better. And that situation would not have turned out the way it did. So we have to embrace that correction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that is so good. When you were saying about just praying for people, I think sometimes we want to treat God like we're going to sick him on people. Right. Right. I'm going to pray on them and I'm going to sit God on them and he's going to get them. Right. And, but, as you said, he turns it around on us and said, mm-mm-mm, sister. Right. <laughs> right. Look at, Look at your part. Exactly. Especially when we're praying about someone who may not be strong in the faith or who may be an unbeliever. God mm-hmm. is going to hold us to that standard of, but this is how you should have acted because that could have been an opportunity to draw them in. Mm. So it's not so much on them. They're not a believer. So that's expected on them. But Mm. as for you, my daughter, you were expected to act in a way that's going to bring me glory. Mm. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Everything we do, how we act, how we respond to everything, we need to think about how is that giving God glory? How is that representing him? Because we are his representatives in the earth realm. Absolutely. There are people that will never set foot in a church, will never crack open a Bible. But when we say we're a Christian, they're looking at our lives to see how they reflect this Christ that we're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Now, sometimes, though, um, speaking, you know, of prayer and that correction, sometimes prayer seems unattainable. 
it seems like something we as mere mortals, can we really have this intimate relationship with God? And sometimes it can even be intimidating um, because maybe we're looking at how someone else is praying, um, particularly in our churches when we're looking at corporate prayer and this person gets up and they're such a prayer warrior and they're saying all these <laughs> words and all this stuff and, the, and everybody shouting amen. And then when we feel like when we go to the altar and we go to prayer, we don't pray like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but speak to our listeners. Why is it that we feel that is so unattainable and intimidating and how can we overcome those feelings? I think um, a lot of it is what you just said. I like to um, categorize it as comparison and confidence. Because like you said, it becomes intimidating when we've heard a deacon in our church, if you're Baptist, pray because they pray, you know, long and they use all of these big words in their prayer and they have this nice hum or nice tune to the prayer. So that can be very intimidating when we like, well, I can't hum like that. Or, you know, I don't know all of those big words or even those script, all of those scriptures that they were using, or I can't pray with that um, firm voice or that, you know, tone that my pastor pray in. So I'll just not pray. So Mm -hmm. we can't get caught up into comparison because it will become intimidating or we feel as if it's unattainable because we feel that we have to pray that way. Because Mm -hmm. most of the time when we're taught in church, we're kind of taught a certain formula and then we turn around and we hear the deacons pray that exact formula and we Mm -hmm. feel that we can't do it. Also the confidence piece. We have to be fully persuaded in prayer that God loves us unconditionally. And we have to move away from this is my past. When I go to prayer, you know, that self-condemnation. God is going to be thinking about what I did last year or last night or last month. So God doesn't really want to hear from me. We have Um, to be fully persuaded of his unconditional love and realize that as children of his, he longs to hear from us. That's just like our own children. You know, no matter what they've done, we still want to hear from our children. We still want to know what's on their heart. We want them to be able to talk to us so that we can help them strategize, you know, for their life. And it's the same with God. He loves us unconditionally. So no matter what we've done, we have to be confident in the fact that because he loves us, we can go to him, you know, and lay out our heart to him. Mm. that is so good that is so good I didn't think about that piece about the confidence Mm -hmm. and knowing that no matter what we've done Mm -hmm. he still loves us and he still wants to hear from us just as you said like our own children your child goes out and steals your car and wrecks it you're gonna Mm -hmm. be upset right but you still want to know they're okay absolutely absolutely so, so God is the same way we might be out here in life doing stuff and wrecking up stuff, but <laughs> he still wants to hear from us and know that right. we're okay. Right. That, that is so good. That is so confident. I love that. So um, as we talked about in your bio, um, and then I've read your book, um, While at the Altar, phenomenal book, listeners, Thank phenomenal. You. Um, and she 
talks about a lot of things and takes us to through her journey. Can you share with our listeners just a little bit of your personal journey, how you went from, you know, being an ineffective um, prayer to now the prayer warrior that you are today? Yeah, sure. Um, the ineffective part kind of came from, as I was talking about the religious aspect of praying, the routine is kind of these learned prayers that you just say over and over and over every time you pray. You know, there was really no real strategy to it. There was really no real being kind of pour my heart out to God. I was taught in church early on that this is what you say when you pray. You pray for your pastor, you pray for your church, you pray for your world leaders, you pray for your family, and then you end the prayer in Jesus' name. Uh And all of that is good, and we should still include that in our prayers, but my prayers were ineffective for so long because I was never taught the part about listening to God. So I, though I was praying, I wasn't really developing no intimacy with God. I wasn't really developing no relationship with God. I was praying because I was told that's what I needed to do. And so it became routine and religious. And anytime it's that way, the prayers are not effective. But once I learned that Number one, when I prayed, I needed to listen for God to speak back to me. And number two, I needed to really lay out my heart to God. He already knew anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, I also learned that praying the word, aligning myself Mm -hmm. with his will, which is his word, would make the prayers effective. Because so often we get caught up on what we want what we want to say. Our prayers need to be Holy Spirit directed. Mm. We need to release and let the allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us because the Bible says he made intercession with for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So sometimes we can't even put into words what we need to be praying, but when we're allowing the Holy Spirit to take over, He knows exactly what to say through us to God to make the prayers effective. But we can't do that when we've rehearsed our prayers and when they're routine. When we have on our piece of paper, these are the points that I need to pray for and I don't need to deviate from this, then the prayers don't become uh, as effective as they could be. So once I learned to let the Holy Spirit really lead and guide me in prayer and to fill the prayer with scripture, because it's not what we say about God's word, it's God's word that he has promised won't return to him void. Holy Spirit led prayer. And I like when you were talking about, you know, you, you pray for your past, you pray for your this. So it was like this little <laughs> checklist that we got. Yes. You just checking stuff off. Like, okay, right. I pray for my mama. Did I pray for my kids? You know, right. you're, you're just checking all this right. stuff off. And, and, and you're not being led in, in what you're saying. Right. Um, but the part about praying the word, um, mm-hmm. say I'm, I'm a listener and I don't know too much scripture i know as you say like what the bible says about Mm -hmm. scripture but i may not Mm -hmm. know specific scriptures Mm -hmm. i may not know exactly where scripture came from Mm -hmm. what advice would you give me to better um, be able to incorporate scripture in my prayer i would say really studying the bible um find out what works for you as far as a study habit or a study pattern 
and start studying the Bible more and even writing down scriptures and kind of reading them over, reciting them, getting them down in your mind, in your spirit. And also not being stuck on the fact that the prayers have to just come from your mind. You have to just go to God in prayer and you just have to come up with these words. I'm a big fan of written prayers. Find the script, look up the scriptures in the Bible, write it down in prayer form and read what you've written down back to God. That is a prayer. You know, we can't discount written prayers because they're effective. It gives you a chance to really pour out your heart to God when you're writing it down and you read that back rather than like you mentioned, getting up and feeling like I didn't check off everything on my checklist. So I forgot to say this or I forgot to pray for this person if you write it down then you can incorporate the scriptures in that look them up and then read that back to God and allow him to talk back to you written prayers are just as effective mm, mm. I, I, I feel like that just freed somebody <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because sometimes I think we feel like well if I write it down and I already have my prayer prepared is mm-hmm. that really being Holy Spirit led is that mm-hmm. really um praying you know as I should because I prepared the prayer ahead of time but when you prepared it ahead of time you were Holy Spirit led when you wrote it absolutely you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you as you write just as you allow him to lead you as you talk <laughs> so either way you just allow the Holy Spirit to lead and direct you. That's good, listener. So mm-hmm. if you, you know, aren't good with the scriptures or remembering scriptures, but you know you want to incorporate scriptures in your prayer, like Pamela said, just, you know, let the Holy Spirit lead you and write your prayer down. And then mm-hmm. when you're in your time with the Lord, read your prayer. It's just as effective. Right. Absolutely. Because what will happen if you truly um, release the control to the Holy Spirit? If there is something that you didn't write down that you still need to say, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to say it. If you're Mm -hmm. allowing him to lead and have full control of your prayer time. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Now, one part too, I was reading in your book, it was towards the end. And I know you said Mm -hmm. you're kind of going to expound on it in another book so you all look <laughs> out she got some more books and things <laughs> in the work but one revelation that I think is really fitting for this podcast we are the church mm-hmm. because we talk about the church is not a building we are the church and um, in your revelation you said that it came to you that the altar <clears throat> even going before the Lord in prayer goes mm-hmm. beyond the church building it goes beyond your pastor sometimes your pastor is not going to be there to pray for you sometimes right. you're not going to be able to go to the church building because the church is not open and right. you have to be able to create that um, atmosphere or whatever on your own um, to go right. to the altar in prayer can you talk a little bit about how that revelation um, impacted your life and strengthened your prayer life sure it really 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 became real to me when I would always think I needed to call a church leader or my pastor to pray for me because I didn't really have what I thought was an effective prayer life. 
because going back to the two C's that we talked about, I was caught up in comparison and a lack of confidence in my own prayer life. And so I can remember one time I caught, reached out to like four church leaders, including my pastor, and no one was available. And so wow. I felt like the issue at hand had to remain at a standstill until they were available. And it was like the Holy Spirit ended up speaking to me and telling me that if my prayer life was locked up in a church building and my pastor, then I was never going to have one. And I was never going to receive the victory and the breakthroughs that come through having a personal prayer life. He also revealed to me that <clears throat> having a personal prayer life and not relying on someone else to do it was going to help me to develop that intimate personal relationship that at that time I so desperately needed with God. And so once I received that revelation, I began to share it with other people because I knew there were other people around me. We depended on the pastor and the church leaders to pray for us. We thought we could only get prayer on Sundays and Wednesdays. Well, what are you doing the rest of the days? You are not living in victory that Christ died for us to live in. And he didn't die for the church as a church building. He died for the church as individual people. So we can't tie up our prayer lives to a church building or to one man or one woman but it has to be an individual thing and we have to have an individual altar. I think it is necessary to not just pray, you know, again, out of routine and say, hey, I get up every morning at eight o'clock and pray, but you need to have a designated space that you go to also to have, which I call a personal altar. But again, if, if it's locked up in somebody else, tied up or dependent on somebody else, then the enemy is really going to use that against us and we're not going to be able to live victorious lives. For example, with what we're experiencing right now during COVID where a lot of churches have been closed for months and months. I mean, what were people who have not been set free and realized that it's a personal thing my God, what were they doing? <laughs> you know, when they couldn't get in contact with anyone, what were they doing? And that's why it's so important for me to share with as many people who have not received that revelation or who don't fully understand that, that this is a personal thing. You have to make sure you have to, at all costs, you have to stop comparing your prayer life with someone else's and you have to get that confidence and realize that you can go to God yourself and you need to have a personal altar. Mm. That is so true. And just the, like you said, when you were saying the people that don't understand that and mm -hmm. have been all this months thinking mm -hmm. that they can pray for themselves of all this mm -hmm. all these months thinking that well mm -hmm. you know pastor so-and-so can't you know pray for mm -hmm. me you know mm -hmm. or if your family you know god forbid your family's going through a crisis and mm -hmm. you think you got to call the pastor for the pastor right. to pray over you no you better holler out and pray and call on the lord yourself exactly exactly you gather together and pray not saying that the pastor does not have his or her place 
right them to touch and agree with you and if they can be there to pray but as as you as pamela said don't let that tie up your prayer life right because the person can't come and visit you Mm -mm. right and being realistic about it the your pastor just don't have that kind of time to Mm -hmm. (laughs) spend (laughs) with praying for every single person that's a member of their church that's why it's important it's important for pastors to teach that and stress that that Mm -hmm. everybody needs to have a personal prayer life sometimes it comes in the form of bad teaching kind of giving you the impression that the -hmm. prayer is not going to be effective unless it's coming from the pastor or one of the church leaders. But no, um, I think it needs to be taught as well that everybody needs to have their own personal prayer life because when you can't reach your church leaders, you need to be able to call on the name of Jesus yourself. The Bible says, whosoever it then will, shall call, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It then say, when your pastor calls upon the name of the Lord, then you shall be saved. But okay. if you're in a situation that you need God to rescue you from right now, you don't have time to try to get nobody on the phone or set up a meeting with somebody. You better be confident enough in God's unconditional love for you to call upon the name of the Lord for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The pastor and the leaders and the church mother, they're not the only ones that get, get a prayer through. Exactly. They are not the only anointed ones just because they may be in the spotlight or they may be, you know, in leadership positions. You leave from your seat. <laughs> with your prayer life leave from where you at <laughs> with your own prayer life God has anointed each one of us Jesus Christ that was the reason he died so that we had direct access to God so no you don't have to wait on anyone else and then you talk too also about having a dedicated space in your home as your own personal altar can you mm-hmm. um shed a little light on that as far as how how would someone select a space in their house to become their altar just any space that's not commonly used where you can kind of shed off from your family and from the noise and distraction and go to God now that doesn't mean that your personal altar is only that space because personal altar is really a mindset if you're in the grocery store and you need to go to God then your personal altar is there. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's within you. It travels with you. It's always on the go with you. But I also think it's still um, important to have a space in your home where you can get away from your family and the noise and, every, and the distractions and everything and go to God and spend that time with God and meditate on scriptures and things like that. I just always say, choose a space that is not commonly used. Therefore, you know, your family knows that, hey, that's where she goes to pray or that's where he goes to pray, you know, so we don't really go in there. And we know that when they are in there, that they're spending time with God. So it's understood that we don't disrupt them during that time. Yes, yes, exactly. So, good. Um, so if you could just tell our listeners, um, I mean, we've, we've shared a lot with them mm-hmm. um, about prayer and, and what they need to do, but what are the top, I guess, three things that they need to do that they can do today mm-hmm. 
to strengthen their prayer life. Say they're one of those people that was doing that checkoff list. (laughs) 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 And they want to go beyond the checkoff list. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are the top three things that they can do today? Um, The first one I would say would be, um, and we already talked about it, is to really study the scripture and get more scripture in your spirit, because that doesn't mean you have to remember every scripture and what book in the Bible that it's in. But once you start reading more scripture and familiarizing yourself with scripture, then you know which scriptures to apply in certain situations as they arise in your life. Also, the more you fill yourself with the word of God during your prayer time, the Holy Spirit is going to bring those things to remembrance. Mm -hmm. And that's how you pray with victory and guaranteed results. So studying the scripture, getting the word of God in your heart and aligning your prayer with the word of God. The next thing is to make forgiveness a lifestyle practice. When we go to God, we need to make sure that, as the Bible says, we have forgiven those who have wronged us and we ask for forgiveness. So forgiveness holds us up. Um, We're not praying freely when we have this weight of unforgiveness, grudges and things that we're holding against people or even things that we've done wrong to other people that we haven't asked God to forgive us for. So the second thing would be making forgiveness a lifestyle practice. And then the third thing is to detach from your own will and make sure that we are embracing the will of God. You may go in prayer and you may say, hey, I won't I want to sell, I use myself, for example, I want to sell, you know, 10,000 books and I want to reach 10,000 people and God may say, no, not right now. I only want you to sell 5,000 and only reach 5,000 people, or I may want to increase that. So we have to make it, and, and that is just not a tangible um, thing either when I say detach from our own will, but we have to be like Jesus when he said, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. So we have to detach from our own will and be willing to give that up and take on the will of God. Listeners, take that advice. (laughs) Great tips. Get in that word, forgiveness as a lifestyle and detach from your own will. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> well, Pamela, I have definitely enjoyed chatting with you today. I know our listeners have been blessed by this conversation. So if you can just share with us, you know, any final, you know, closing thoughts or anything that you want um, us to walk away with. And then also let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you. Because I know they're about to run and try to get that book while at the altar, altar, <laughs> get the book, be more connected with your beautiful spirit. So just let us know about that. Yes. Um, the final thought I would just say is to remember the scripture, men ought always pray and pray without ceasing. Um, just remember that having a personal prayer life um, should be a lifestyle because it is the lifeline of any believer. And to connect with me, because I would love to connect with new people, especially 
um, people of faith. I am on Instagram at Pamela D. Smith, the number one behind it, or my website, www.pameladsmith.net. My book is also found on my website. And I want to thank you so much for such an enriching conversation. Thank you for allowing me to be here with you today. Oh, you're most welcome. It was a blessing to have this conversation. I'm thankful that we were connected. I believe in divine connections. Yes, so I don't yes. think this will be our last time chatting. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listeners, um, again, I know you enjoyed today's conversation. Make sure that you connect with Pamela. Make sure you check out her books, her website, connect with her on Instagram, whatever you need to do to learn mm -hmm. everything about Pamela D. Smith and take her advice on how you can strengthen your prayer life. This conversation was not just for us to chat. We really want to drive home the point that prayer is important to your personal relationship with Christ is not something that anyone else can do for you. And yes. you have to be the one to yes. surrender to God in yes. prayer. Amen. All right, listeners, but we um, enjoy chatting with you and we will definitely chat with you next week. Thank you for your presence and your listening ear for today's episode of We Are The Church with Sherry Jones. I hope that it was a blessing to you. Please make sure you check out the show notes for important information. You will learn more about today's guests and how to connect with them, how to follow this podcast on social media, information about my coaching program for aspiring writers, how to speak life with your story, my books, and more. I would love to hear from you. If you have feedback regarding today's episode, would like to be a guest, or would like to advertise your business products or services on this podcast, send me an email at wearethechurchpodcast at gmail.com. You all take care, be blessed, be safe, and remember, the church is not a building. We are the church. Thank you.